Welcome to Tales from the Green Room, backstage conversations from popular music venues around the country, curated by Mount Tam Media. Listen in as host Dennis Trusulo and Mount Tam Media founder Tammy Larson dig up conversations with artists before and after shows in the exclusive confines of the Green Room. Hello, Tammy. Hi. It's Dennis Trizzullo hosting Tales from the Green Room with the founder of Mount Tam Media, who presents Tales from the Green Room, Tammy Larson. And we're here to lead into our interview with Brendan Tacon of The Latin Dead. And man, now, Tammy, you missed this interview. I missed it, but I listened to it very carefully the other night, and I was like, wow. Yes, that was your paying your dues to go back and listen and pull out some cool spots. And He's were... just such a heartfelt soul. I mean, I mean, just, I mean, he just feels. You can feel his, yeah. you know, how much he cares. Brendan, that is so true. I was so impressed with, with his enthusiasm. I mean, number one, his devotion, or the devotion of his family, his father, Derek, and his brother, Taylor, mm-hmm. who were there by his side. They're great people. We, uh, throughout the night, we got to know them. This was an interview opposite of our Pink Talking Fish interview <laughs> that we actually did after, or I did, after the show, which Instead was interesting. Before. Instead of before. And he was still pumped up. I, it was, and beforehand, uh, before the interview starts, you're going to hear on this recording, we were chit-chatting with Dan Friedman. So this is a good chance for us to give props to Dan Friedman of Appleberry Productions, who does the video work at Sweetwater and on on his own for other ventures. But uh, he's an amazing videographer. And person. I person. Mean, and so cool. we've been sharing the production room at Sweetwater with him. He had a bit of a challenge. This is an 11-piece band. So oh he's God. trying to zoom in and out and get everybody in there. So, uh, But shout out to Dan and thank you to Dan for... Thank uh, you so much. So Dan. much, yes. So I was also, so listening to the band, just impressed with the arrangements. It's just so interesting how they incorporate that and then all of the improv characteristics of the dead. And they bring it in with this, you know, the salsa and the Latin jazz core yeah. and the Latin rhythms. And it's kind of, you don't expect that to happen. And Brendan really talks about uh, it doesn't just happen. And mm-hmm. he, he talks a lot about the work that went into it. But that it all comes out, his history, his family history, his dad's history. His dad is Dominican and Cuban. Mm-hmm. They grew up in Westchester, New York. Okay, so they have that background. And so with all that sort of ethnic background, his dad was a deadhead, and he brought Brendan <laughs> to his first dead show when he was 12 years old. Wow. And uh, thus yeah. was the, uh, so, yeah. the, you know, the genesis of uh, the Latin dead. And of course, bring it all full circle and pulling it together, we have the great John Kadlicek, John Kay. He talks uh, some great story about how he got connected with John Kay and his approachability. We got a chance to chat with him as well. It was just... It's so cool. I'm so bummed I missed it. Yeah, good stuff. And you'll also hear during the interview, a bunch of people pop their heads into the green room, to the production room there, including the the people he was giving props to, Peter Nader, the uh, trumpet player, Grammy Award winning trumpet player, Mm -hmm. who was sort of the the, the base of it, mm-hmm. Oscar Hernandez, four-time Grammy-winning pianist and Jeez. composer. Do you know he was the leader of the Spanish Harlem Orchestra? Wow. So, I mean, this is no messing around, <laughs> folks. Uh, check out The Latin Dead at latindead.com. You can purchase their new album, Eyes of the World, there. and go to We the give wa- you a little snippet of that, too. Yes, we do. And go to the Wall of News uh, at skullandroses.com because we're going to see them there and we're going to interview more of them there, they have promised. So just enjoy the energy and the story of Brendan Tacone and The Latin Dead. Yep. 
We will get back to the green room in just a moment, but first, we'd like to thank and hear from our sponsor helping make this podcast possible. This episode of Tales from the Green Room is brought to you by the Sports and Entertainment Group of the O'Hagan Meyer Law Firm. O'Hagan Meyer is a proud holder of a Mansfield Rules certification, reflecting an ongoing commitment to consider a broad pool of candidates as it hires and promotes by intentionally including lawyers who identify as members of historically underrepresented groups. The Mansfield Rule is named after Arabella Mansfield, the first woman admitted to the practice of law in the United States. Mansfield Rule certification reaffirms O'Hagan Meyer's commitment to equity and inclusion. The firm has a national scope with offices in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, Boston, Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C., and can be found on the web at ohaganmeyer.com. No, Test no, one no, two. no, no, I'm glad you, 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 you recognize that because it was a bear. <laughs> sure Three not. years of, whoo, yeah, yeah. what a, you know, a lot of trials and tribulations, but I knew it was all worth it. And this is, this is basically exactly the vision I had in mind yeah, and this great. venue in particular, but I, it came even sooner than I thought, but I, I mean, no. it's uh, night number two on the tour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mini that? tour. Mini We're tour. rolling, Dan. We're yeah. rolling. Say something, Dan yeah. Friedman. Damn it. Huh? That was absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. And you know what? Let me just say one thing about Dan, who had a... Tonight, it was a challenge. 12-piece band? Huh? 11. Uh, 11. How many? 11? 11. 11. 11. 11. Okay. Yeah. Was was a special to, challenge? I always like to pick off a little bit of everybody doing their thing, and there was a lot of wide shots tonight. But, yeah. but there was always a lot going on in every one of them. So. Right I know on. you made some of my family cry. It, sharing that video, you know, I think there was really? a link that went, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and oh, some of my cry. family was. Was, was was crying, yeah, watching the video. That little private yeah. link? Oh, yeah, man. yeah. That was awesome. It went to yeah. my, yeah. I Thank sent it, so I put much. it out on yeah. Facebook if you didn't mind. That was fun. Never no. mind. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say about editing? Yeah. <laughs> great one. You and too. Congratulations. Right. Thank you, man. Thank okay, you. so probably should tell everybody who we're talking to here, huh? Uh, yeah, my name is Brendan Takeon. I put together The Latin Dead. It's been in my head four or five years at least, but the first time it popped into my head, I pretty quickly put it in my back pocket because I immediately knew that it was so ambitious that I was going to need the time to dedicate to it and especially money. And at that point, I just it just wasn't the time. And that's, that was four or five years ago, but then the pandemic happened. Right. And... As soon as the pandemic, the first day I got word that I was going to be working from home part time, I still had to go to the office half the day. But the idea came back into my head immediately. And I, I right away, I knew this was it. I had to do it. So I called my father. First of all, I just spit the idea out. And he, he just was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I called my friend and he said, Oh yeah, this. Oh yeah, for sure. Let's let's do. He wanted to be a part of it right away. And everybody, I, I just started circulating the idea, and every single person I told was was. And then was, you had was the time, right? Then you had the time exactly. to do it. And then yeah. I had the time, so yeah, yeah, it was. And you mentioned your dad, Derek, right? Yeah, Derek, yep. Derek yep. Tacon. Yep, yep. I mean, seeing him tonight, enjoying this as much as you're enjoying it. Was pretty special, and your brother T, yeah, huh, yeah. Taylor, yeah, yeah. I it's, mean, I'm just going to start with the, the family uh, yeah. angle here because uh, just watching the three of you yeah. put this together and be here and share it. I even yeah. saw a picture. I guess it was your niece, right, on the phone from uh, Taylor. My sister, yeah, my sister was there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah. I, there could have been more because you, you know there was this link that went around. 
around, uh, you know, and they got to see it, which was amazing. All right. So tell me, your dad was a deadhead? He'd... Yeah. I, so I was born and raised a deadhead. I mean, my first ever musical memory was I was five years old, 87, and we're in the station wagon and, and it's throwing stones. In the Dark came out, what, 86, early 87? Right about there, yeah. And I was five. I was five years old, and that's kind of when your memory starts, right? right. And my first memory, absolutely hundred percent musically, is throwing stones. Is ashes, ashes all fall down. Ashes, you know. Kids and, and dance. The kids they dance. They shake their yeah, bones. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and, <laughs> and it's funny because that is ashes, ashes all fall down. Is a nursery rhyme. Absolutely. And so it, it kind of makes it makes perfect sense. But uh, <laughs> but then, you know, I, I was just always exposed to the dead because that's all he ever listened to. A touch of Bob Marley and a touch of the Allman Brothers, but 98% Grateful Dead. So ever since I was little, that's all I grew up with. And then he took me to see the dead when I was 12 in 94. So I got to see Jerry at you Giant Stadium. In. You snuck yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, you. and I got to see, we did the whole parking lot. I was 12 years old. I did the whole parking lot thing. Shakedown in the early days. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw naked people walking around Giant Stadium parking lot in 1994. And I was like, what is happening? You were hooked. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And then you heard the music. That was it. Yeah. And then and you then, heard the music live. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a whole nother thing, right? No, so, it was incredibly powerful. And then Jerry passed. But ever since then, we would see the reincarnations of the Grateful yeah. Dead ever since. Every single one of them I've seen, my old man would take me touring. I'd go on my own. We, I just got into it, and then I found friends, you know? And, well, talk about the reincarnation. started with uh, John, huh? Oh, John yeah. Kalachek. I know, and then... And now what? Yeah. Now you're playing with them. I know. No, tell tell me that. So I heard a couple of stories tonight about how you just picked up the phone or sent him an email blindly once you came up with this yeah, idea. Yeah, so actually with John, so I've been I've been seeing John since, you know, I've been a Dark Star fan almost since they started. I saw them first in 01 because the word was getting around. I think they started in um, nine, I don't know when they started, but whatever it was, I the word was percolating. I was going- six-ish or something. <laughs> was mean, it that early? Anyway, uh, I was in college. Not. I was in New Paltz College, which is, you know, like a kind of a dead hippie epicenter also. And so I was just around a lot of like-minded folks and I was just, I was always going to hippie festivals, jam band festivals and all that kind of thing. But anyway, of course, Dark Star Orchestra, the word was getting around, so- my old man, he was already on it too. And I said, I would just finish college, my first year of college. And we, my old man was like, let's go to Scranton. So we went to Scranton to see Dark Star. The, the funny thing was, is that my, one of my good friends in college lived next to Rob Eaton. Neighbors with Rob Eaton in Jersey. And Rob Eaton had given him tickets to the All Good Festival in West Virginia. So we did Scranton and then West Virginia. Anyway, this is 2001. I should just tell this quick story, no, right. if Do you don't it. mind. No, I'm this just is, real quick. But whatever comes to mind. Yeah, this is going back to. Well, it's. I'm going to circle it back to John K. So, but anyway, it was. It's okay. It's a, you know. It was 01. So anyway, we saw Dark Star in Scranton. Drove out from New Paltz to Scranton with my old man and my uncle. It was amazing. Blown away. And then we went the next night to West Virginia to the All Good Festival. We had free tickets. We dosed some mushrooms. And then Dark Star came on for their first set. It was Thursday, Friday night. What happened was they did Looks Like Rain. It probably wasn't going to be their first set closer, but it was going to be probably close. Anyway, they did Looks Like Rain. And the first time in the lyrics where it comes out, look, where he says, looks like, and it surely looks like rain, a thunderbolt and lightning. I mean, I mean, lightning came 
at the exact second he said looks like rain for the first time and it was it wasn't just the mushrooms right. it was it was something yeah. It, yeah. you know it was like spiritual and, and anyway ever since then i've always followed john k whatever he was doing but going forward i would see john k at gigs we like we like the effect of the green room no yeah that's okay yeah yeah I can wrap this up quick, no, no, but I, I got up. pointed okay. stories though in there. I think they're pretty cool, and I'm happy. I'm happy to tell them, and I'm, I'm happy to have someone to listen. But so John Case, so I was always going to see Dark Star. Always there. such a big fan. But so one time I was playing in a band as the after party to a Dark Star show in Tarrytown, New York. Okay. And John came down. Who knows when this was? I don't know. Early 2000s. I was just doing it. You know, we were playing in a bar down the street, but John came to the gig. And John was sitting at the bar, wow. and John was so approachable. It, at our set break, you know, we're talking one, two in the morning already, but you know New York runs late, hey, right? Course, our set yeah. break was like two in the morning. This is up in Westchester? Yeah, Westchester, yeah. Tarrytown, New York, and, and they were gigging at the Tarrytown Music Hall. So anyway, we were on set break, and John was there, so I got to talk to John. I said, man, your set was amazing. And I said, the funniest thing was, somebody gifted me tickets to see, what, to see the show in Westbury the next night. And I said, hey, man, I'm going tomorrow night, because somebody just totally gifted us tickets to Westbury. So I'm like, yo, we're driving to Westbury tomorrow to see you. And he's like, oh, great. Anyway, the point was he was so approachable. I got to know him just in a few minutes, hanging out with him. Then I went to Westbury. The tickets somebody gifted me were front row, wow. right in front of John. So then I was like, hey, John, I just tipped my hat. And I was like, hey, right at this, his first set break. And this was one of the nights Dark Star was doing their own set. You know, sometimes they recreate dead shows and sometimes they, so this, I knew they were, cause I could tell they, they were doing their own set. And right at the set break, I had a moment because I was front row right in front of him. I said, hey, John, I want to hear Comes the Time next set, man, if you can, you know? I mean, no worries if you can. <laughs> and he just kind of nodded his head, turned around and left, you know? But anyway, next set he played, comes he played the Comes the Time. Wow. Then again, he comes in further and I ran into him. I'm out. All right, I'm going to see you. So, we'll talk tomorrow. Excuse me. No worries. No worries. Huh? Thank you. By so the way. What's, what's the plan? I, don't... I mean, checkouts, what, 11, 12? And then we'll head down to Santa Cruz. So you roll with us, or you roll my Santa father Cruz. or Chris. Yeah, we got hotels down there for sure. So uh, probably like 11 would be a good time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll organize it with you. Chris will call you. Probably roll with Chris again. Just keep it simple. Right. Thank All you right. for tonight, man. That was yeah. great. Fantastic. So you got miracles, number one. I got miracles. And then yeah. another miracle happened because... Yeah. <laughs> and then fast forward a couple of years, I saw him at Further. I'm, I'm almost going to tie this back together. Further was doing a nine-night run at Capitol. Yeah. Further was incredible. And he was walking around the bar. I was hanging out the bar set list, and there was John again. I said, hey, John, what's up, man? I said, you never remember me, but, you know, I met you. The point was he he was totally approachable. There's some centrifugal force yeah. that, uh, right? exactly. that's bringing you to him. Serendipity. Some, some kind of serendipity. Yeah. And uh, there, there's a picture of him playing with Further right out the door here. Right? Well, <laughs> exactly. I'll say that. He'll start yelling. Yeah. <laughs> but so. what... what Serendipity is, is absolutely a part of this, but I, I tell you there's one important part is that, that he was approachable and he gave me the time of day, you know, just for a short conversation, but he gave me the time of day. And so I always knew him as an approachable person. So fast forward, when pandemic happened, I reached out to my friends, I reached out to my family, everybody immediately, not that I needed their approval or validation, but Everybody was just all gung-ho about this. But this is years later now, Yeah, right? yeah years, years later. later. Years yeah, sure. later, yeah. But anyway, I reached out to him. I knew he was on his own. He was playing with Melvin and doing his thing, but he, was, he wasn't with Further anymore, so, and he was booking himself. Or no, he wasn't booking himself, but he was managing himself. So right. there was an email that I could get to him direct. 
anyway, he responded. I just pitched him the idea. And he was just like, man, this is awesome. Let me know when you got something concrete. But then we would just every couple months, he would shoot me like funny, like Grateful Dead shows when they brought the brass section in like 78. We would we kind of snippets. Yeah, huh? little snippets. Did he, did he remember who you were when you reached out to him? Like, was no, like, no, no, no. He had no, no idea. No, right. no, oh, no. You got to remind him of that later. Yeah, yeah, no. He would, he would just always say, he's like, man, this is about 10,000 shows I've done. So it's like, yeah. you know, I'll never remember. Yeah, yeah of course not. No, yeah, I didn't yeah. blame him. But it, that's yeah. kind of the story. The point yeah. is, he was approachable. And I'll, I'll tell you this, I'll, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll wrap it up. I might be telling the whole story all in, no, you know, and tying this all together. So, so the approachableness of people is really important because another reason this came together, and John is a huge part of it, but it's also because a guy named Pete Nader, who's our trumpet player tonight. And I almost have a similar story. Thank you, brother. That was awesome. You. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll talk Mostly to Mostly you. Holding it down. Anyway, with, with, so there's a, a Pete Nader, our trumpet player, and, and part of the reason that this whole thing has come together is because Pete was that same kind of John character in the salsa world of New York. See, I was playing Latin percussion, and you know how I got into percussion is another story, but the point is, Pete was the guy in New York, as I was up and coming, learning, studying Latin music, he was the guy at gigs that was approachable because a lot of guys got cold shoulders in New York, you know, especially, you know, the Latin scenes, a lot of cold shoulders mm -hmm. and it's not everybody, but a lot of them, are, it is, you know, and a lot of these guys are just gigging and it is what it is. And, and I'm introverted. But anyway, Pete was always open. Dan, nobody's going to believe that. <laughs> and so Pete was a guy that I always, I, I, I just developed a relationship with over the years. And then he gave me a shot at certain gigs and this and that. And then we would, we, he, you know, he taught me a lot. And then. He does a lot for the salsa scene. He's been around forever. I mean, the guy's been playing salsa since the early 70s. I mean, so is Oscar. It's incredible. They played with all the old timers. But Pete, so I reached out to Pete because I knew I needed, when I put this thing together, I knew I needed people from the Grateful Dead world and people from the salsa, Latin jazz world. And I knew I needed a Latin band. I needed a Latin band that I was gonna introduce the Grateful Dead to because the core of this is the Latin rhythm. Right. And and that takes a lot of studying. It's not something you can bring a couple guys in and say, you know, let's get in a garage and let's jam some Latin. I, 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 you know, just being in New York and, and learning how the things go out there and the scene, it's like when you want to do something, Latin jazz, salsa, you, you got to do it right. And, and, and I wanted to uphold traditions, you know, so I wanted a Latin band, but I wanted some guys from the, the dead scene. I didn't know how right. many musicians, but anyway, it turned out. So I called Pete and I said, hey, this is the idea. I need arrangements. I, I'm going to put a band together, but the first thing you need to do when you put a Latin jazz band together is get arrangements before the players, before anything. And... You want to get the best arrangers you can. If the arrangers are, you know, have a reputation, you're more likely to attract the better musicians. And I knew from the beginning that this was ambitious. I was going to need top. You need quality. Quality. You need top quality. And to get quality musicians, which is the second part of it, you need quality arrangements. And so I called Pete because he knows everybody. He's been around forever. And he said, he goes, here's, I'm going to give you three numbers right now. And I love what you got going on. I'm going to give you three phone numbers. You do what you want. The first one was Oscar Hernandez. And, and I was just like, wow. well, I know Oscar. Who just popped his head in Yeah, there. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's the leader of the Spanish Harlem Orchestra. He's a, you know, he's a living legend. I mean, he goes back to I, just 74, I think. He was playing 
And the funny thing about Oscar... Jerry sat in with him, right? Is that right? Yeah, that's a whole other story. Oh, I'll no, tie this right. in real quick. <laughs> no, it's okay. So there's some interesting stuff. The, the funny thing about... I did Don't a make whole, him nervous. I did a whole thing on Pete Nader already, in <laughs> fact. Did. I did, I did. I, you just missed your... You missed your it's, plug. It's all there. It's all there. You missed your plug. <laughs> but, um, Pete Nader just walked in. Yeah. In the green room, in and out. Yeah. When I, when I talked to Oscar, well... The funny thing is I knew Oscar, his starting out in salsa music when he was like 16, 17 years old in the Bronx, was with a guy named Joey Pastrana, who was a mambo guy, did a boogaloo, you know, he, he was a little older, but he gave, he gave Oscar a shot. Come on in, Michael. Back, back in the early days. And the funniest thing is, is that his younger brother, Tony Pastrana, is the one that gave me a shot in the Latin jazz world. Way back, you know, I mean, but 30 years later. Bye, thank you. See you later. Bye, bye, John. So, I hope I'm not talking too much, not but these stories are pretty good. It's all good. Yeah. No, well, but you know what you're getting? Here's yeah. what I'm getting the theme here of the yeah. approachable thing. Because everybody, yeah, you ta- yeah. you've got, you're talking about quality. Yeah professionals right serious people yep. but also they had to be approachable for this to happen yeah exactly right? it, it takes a few approachable people and yeah. that's not easy to, to do to grease the wheels maybe it's because i'm introverted but yeah. i think it's important you know Some, somebody who's open open-minded approachable is, yeah. is really a theme for yeah. sure and uh, i mean putting this together i mean it's clear how serious you guys are about this mm-hmm. i mean and just if you anybody wants to check out the latin dead and just fucking google it you'll see yeah, yeah, the, yeah. you'll see your your mission statement out there, right? Yeah, and yeah, all the yeah. Stuff Gosh, with your I wrote a whole, yeah, no, I'm I mean, really proud of man. Serious shit, pouring and my is, heart and soul into and it, and it, putting it, it in words, but uh, in know. words, and that's not easy to do yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. tonight it all came out. Yeah, I mean, I. The Latin Dead, this thing is built, this thing is built for the long term. One of the most important things I'm trying to get across is that this is not a novelty. This is not a one-time deal. This is not once at the Sweetwater. This is a perpetual thing I plan to make my life's work because Latin music is what I love to play and The Grateful Dead is in my heart and soul and that's what I love to listen to (laughs) even more than Latin music and, and what I love to go see because the element of surprise associated with the Grateful Dead concerts is just is just so special. And the camaraderie, the unification, the uplifting spirit of it all, that's really, I mean, I'm chasing that. And if I could help people feel the way that the Grateful Dead makes people feel, God, that, I mean, I mean, I'll choke up here, but that, 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 I mean, if that's my life's work, that'd be wonderful. But, you know, I could tap, you know, Latin jazz is, you know, it's part of my, my history and I could, I'm part Cuban and Dominican and, and I could keep that, part of my culture and my in my family going at the same time and gosh it's just such a thrill and an honor and i don't know if you ever articulated that ever anywhere in your life because we just caught it right now and that was yeah, awesome yeah, yeah. i don't, I don't know, know if that i was ever a have fit, but i mean that was yeah. a summary that just spoke to me and it spoke yeah. to yourself yeah. that was beautiful let me t- talk about sweetwater a little sure, bit because sure. you mentioned that in your last answer 
I understand from talking to you earlier, you lived in Mill Valley or close I lived by? It, yeah, so I lived in San Rafael. San Rafael. And okay. then I moved to Fairfax. Yeah, I spent about a year in each, give or take. And I worked for the Marin Con- County Conservation Corps. Oh, I was cool. driving a big recycling truck. And I yeah. went to school at, at MCC over here. And uh, Oh, man. Yeah, here you are playing at Sweetwater. I mean, what did that mean to you coming here tonight to play? No, it's incredible. It's nostalgic. Even the smells of the Bay Area. I, you, you know, it's, 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 it's the, I don't know. There's something about the trees and the plants are different from SoCal and, and obviously New York. But no, there's something nostalgic. And then I, I was driving past things today. I'm like, oh, my God. that look, Joe's Taco Lounge. I just passed Joe's Taco Lounge. <laughs> you know, I had my 23rd birthday in Joe's Taco Lounge. Wow. I got, and I was telling people stories about that. And I, I could keep going. But Well, uh, I mean, because the band was... Not many of them had played here. Well, John, of course, had, but yeah. I don't know about anybody else. And they, no. I was asking about, I mean, maybe some of them. And they're like, yeah, we know all about it, though. You yeah, know? yeah, so, yeah. So of you course, it's that. notorious. Right. But a lot of those guys are jazz and Latin guys, yeah. right? So they're just playing in jazz bands and they're playing in salsa bands. And it's not exactly the Sweetwaters. Yeah, but we got, you know, we yeah. have some jazz guys. Yeah, Jay yeah. Lane comes, you know, he oh, has yeah, a jazz yeah. background. Dave yeah, Ellis. Yeah. Oh, no, sure. Guys got backgrounds. Those yeah. guys, and yeah, they come yeah. in here. But I just felt like there was uh, something special going on, just you being back home. and, and it's no, not, no, not that no. it's home, no, but it's, to, to here in this, yeah, this yeah, venue. Well, yeah, it's that. But I've, I've also, it's, a, it's like I, I, I envision this whole process the way that it's gone, I've pretty much envisioned each step of the way here, and, and there's been a lot of trials and tribulations along the way, but, but the sweet water was part of this, and, and I'm here sooner than I thought. Well, you can pinch yourself. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. Well, we're going yeah. now, so in a couple of months, so we're recording this tonight is, uh, what is this, February 18th, I believe, 2023, yep. and in uh, April, around 420-ish, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to yeah. be, uh, you're going to, well, Mount yep. Tam Media will be there, right, and excellent. the Latin Dead will be there yeah. at Skull and Roses. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I mean, yeah. incredibly excited and honored. I was just hanging out with Chris the other night, you know, creator and founder of Skull and Roses. He came to our gig, and man, he was he was stoked. Uh, oh, he was. He was uh, down in L.A. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I've, I've run into Chris. I just ran into him at, at the pits, the plane in the sand down in Cancun. Nice. I ran into him down there, and then, yeah, so, um, no, man, we're, we're so excited. You're psyched for that. So oh, what, what's yeah. that going to mean to you playing down? there in that big festival like Gosh, that it's i mean i it's just an incredible honor I, I it was part of the plan the whole time not gonna lie i i just i didn't necessarily think it was gonna happen so soon i thought we might have to prove this concept a little more but you know i was able to circulate our recordings pre-release and i think everyone f- heard the recordings and they're like wow this is this, this is serious real. yeah, yeah. And, and then you know some of the people we're associated with have strong enough reputations and and maybe some of them went out on the line for us and said you know what look this that's is, all right that's yeah. all right huh? yeah you, you gotta back it up yeah 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 right? but i think they all knew it, it's not just the the music's got to speak for itself but i i think some of them they've gotten to know me and, and they know that that where i'm coming from and you know this is for the long term we, I, I don't know if you could see the crowd tonight with the lights in your face but they were yeah, into yeah. it yeah yeah no no <laughs> you know they were vibing wall to wall they were yeah, vibing yeah. and yeah, uh, yeah. john talked a little bit at the set break about how he loves this music because he can really dance to it yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Dead music yeah, that he yeah. can dance to and not necessarily yeah. twirl to right <laughs> yeah 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 but i mean you could twirl too you know <laughs> you the, the, there's too. one little trick about let's see latin music it's intimidating to some because some of the rhythms are are a little, you know, people just aren't used to them. But there's one trick that I learned. I had to learn this. I grew up, you know, with with uh, partially a Latin family, 
but everybody has to learn Latin music. It's not, people say, oh, it's in your blood. It's in your blood. No, no, it's no. not. It, no, it's not. This, this, you know, that they're exposed to the music younger and they see the way the hips move. But, but one of the tricks to getting the rhythm of Latin music is, is on the downbeat. You know, when, when everyone bobs their head yes. and your when your head goes down, your chin goes down, it's on the downbeat. And so everyone's when you're you you know hip hop music rock and roll music you know na- you name we're it. all do, we're funk, doing that just to, funk, for the listeners we're doing it right yeah now. yeah <laughs> funk music yeah. all this you're nodding your head you're right. knocking your head right but with Latin if you do the opposite you start to feel the rhythm so as you instead of going down on that downbeat you go up wow. so you you knock your head up. Boy, and that really, and you on the the Congos, huh? You're really yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you if yeah, and if and I, I I learned that from watching people and playing a cowbell, especially the cowbell is is actually really important. I mean, it's the most dangerous instrument in 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 a Latin band, actually. But if anybody thinks to throw their head back instead of down on the downbeat, just do the opposite of what you normally right, do, and then listen to Latin music, and you start to feel it in a different way. And that's how you learn. That That's right. one trick to learning. So you're not born with it. <laughs> no, it's learned. It's, it's all learned. learned. And yeah. like Jerry said, when he played with Oscar, you know, there's an interview with Jerry after he played with Oscar in like 87, 89, and he said something beautiful. He said something like, because uh, he was with Ruben Blades, they were interviewing him about Latin music, and Jerry said, Jerry said, you know, this, this music, it belongs to everybody. So, you know, don't feel, I don't want to extrapolate on what he said, but I know he said that one soundbite, that one soundbite for sure. He said, you know, this music belongs to everybody. And that's true, you know? And you're going to carry it on. Yeah, that's, that's you know? the idea. I say that as they turn the lights out behind us. Yeah, so yeah, I'm going to let you go back to your family, the okay, band, man. and we're going we're yeah. gonna to visit again in a couple yeah, yeah. of months. Yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. And I'll be in touch with the family yep. and yourself beforehand. Thank and we'll you set so something much. up with some of the guys with the rest of the band so we can keep sure. talking about it They'd in, be happy uh, in Ventura. They'd be happy to. Everyone's right thrilled. Right on, Brendan. What a great night. Thank you great so much. I appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Tales from the Green Room, a presentation of Mount Tam Media. You can hear more spontaneous stories from the secluded confines of green rooms on our next episode. To experience all Mount Tam Media productions, including the Woman Are Smarter podcast, log on to mounttammedia.com. We'll see you at the next show. American Life.